Good evening from Center Porch Ministries. As I look around at everything on social media, and the majority of it is the attacks by Hamas on Israel, coupled with the counterattacks by Israel on Palestine, and we still see stuff coming out of the Ukraine-Russian conflict. And then we turn around and we see all of these Islamic groups marching around the world in major cities, London, U.S., Chicago, um, New York City here in the U.S. But if you look in other areas of social media, you can see something else going on. I went to church yesterday with my daughter, who goes to a different church than I do, and... I saw the Holy Spirit at work in that church. Twelve people got saved. Three or four made a rededication of their life. Twenty-three people got baptized. The altar call was even before the message. It was after some singing and praising and then a little bit of a message, kind of an intro to what the message was going to be. And so then I got home and I watched a live feed of my church and they had about 40 people or so in the congregation, which last week had maybe 10 a bunch of uh, children were there enough that they actually had a Sunday school class. And multiple people went up at that altar call. And if you look around on Christian social media, you will find this definitely is not a phenomenon. There are people marching in the streets in places like even L.A. of that revival atmosphere. And with everything horrible going on in this world, to see the power of the Holy Spirit working in such a mass thing gives somebody true hope. To know that the Holy Spirit is calling people to the cross to repent, to give their lives to God. In this time of biblical unfolding in the Middle East and around the world where men are being left to their depraved minds and they're calling evil good and good evil and the multiple wars, you know, pretty much everything from the old prophets all the way through what Christ spoke of and what the apostles all prophesied and you know what's not what John saw in his revelation at the Isle of Patmos to see Joel actually open up where the Holy Spirit is going to be pulled out poured out like Pentecost in the last days is absolutely beautiful to see Acts 4.12 tells us 
that there is no other name under heaven by which a man may be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the only way to get to the Father. It's through me. You know, Buddha looked for the truth. Muhammad said, you know, he didn't know like the meanings of life and didn't know the way. And the Hindu lamas, they were searching for, for it for an inner perfection type thing, just like the Buddhists and the Taoists and all of these others. But Christ told us specifically, I'm the only way that you're getting there. Now, I don't know how many people listen to my podcast because, to be perfectly honest, I don't look at the analytics that much. When I started writing my article blog where I expound upon scripture, I used to look at it faithfully. Now, I just may happen to glance at it just to kind of see where my writings are going because I do translate into other languages. Now, I don't know if my podcast or my writings are touching anybody, and I won't know until I get upstairs and meet them in heaven. But that's my ministry. I'm called to write. And the podcast was just an extension of that. This podcast is actually attached to my blogs, but my blogs are generally the the main point of uh, my ministry. Um, and I have recently started messages behind the pulpit in a place that I didn't think God had ever put me. Don't know how I did. Pretty sure I didn't do good. But uh, I don't like public speaking. That's why... God gave me the ability to write. And talking on the podcast is a little different than talking behind the podium. But in most of my writings in my podcast, and when I am behind the pulpit, no matter what the message is, I always bring it back to where it needs to be, and that's Jesus Christ. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, my Lord and Savior, God on earth. Because people scoff. They ridicule you. Some countries you lose your life and become a martyr for your faith. And while we see all of that happening, the burning down of churches, the rewriting of the Bible by China, Christians dying in the Middle East. People being thrown in jail here in the Western Hemisphere for doing things just as much as praying. Somehow that incites violence. But through all the darkness that we see in this world, and we see a whole lot of it, Everywhere you turn, whether it's the local news and the latest murder or robbery, to the international news, 
with the wars and and the brutal assaults by Hamas and Israel, or Boko Haram and groups like that, you know, just just taking out their vengeance anywhere and everywhere they can on anybody that they can, and generally it's Christians and Jews. And it is a very dark time, but the scripture tells us that's what's going to happen. There's going to be those wars and rumors of wars that Christ spoke about in Matthew. And the fact of we're going to eventually meet the same fate as most of the apostles did. And I say most because John actually was the only one to truly die of old age. But he was imprisoned on an island. And while we look around and we see all of this darkness and all of this hatred and everything against God and Christ that you see, you know, that the Bible wants the most read book in this country is now probably the most banned in like public in the public arena. But through all of this, Scripture tells us that joy comes in the morning. Darkness is going to eventually rule over all of this land until Christ comes back. That was prophesied, and we see it unfolding. So like Jonathan Kahn says, who is a Messianic Jew, and he tells people all the time, people tell him that they wish that they lived in biblical times, and he says, well, congratulations, you're there. And we see this unfolding faster and faster and faster. And in the 90s, when I got saved, there were revivals back then. They weren't as big as like the old tent revivals that I grew up hearing stories about when I was growing up. Or the first and second great awakenings. Or the Azusa Street outbreak. Or you know, the Welsh Revival or the Scottish Revival. But there were small pockets of that revival, and there were people coming to God through Christ at that time. And then we had the evils of, like, 9-11, which showed people back to the churches. problem was is they thought, you know, that it apparently was immediately the end of the world, and they went back to what they what they knew from their childhood, and that was you need to go to church. But so many people fell away after that, and now we see in the twenty years since that one big shove that should have sent everybody back to God. Since twenty twenty, especially, we've seen the riots by Black Lives Matter. We see the protests now of the Save Palestine group and the Muslims calling for a holy jihad and Islam coming to every household. And we see groups like Antifa. In the last three years, especially in this nation, in America, We see that darkness starting to overcome everything. It's made its way into our government. 
that no longer tries to hide it. You know, used to, they, they, could, they tried to hide it a little bit. You know, you could see the darkness was there. But with this current administration and uh, the administration of Obama, you just see the, the total darkness of evil that permeates the extreme liberal ideology in this country. And to be perfectly honest, the extreme right isn't any better because they've become so hateful that they may claim to be Christian, but, you know, they're so vehement and hateful that they forget that they're supposed to love their fellow man. And they've made a demagogue out of Trump. So when you run across these videos like the marchers of hundreds, if not Thousands marching through the street with pictures of Jesus and and singing about Jesus being Lord and King. And you see these types of small churches that have such a huge turnout in baptism and altar call recipients. It tells you that God's still on the throne. It lets you know that... The power of the Holy Spirit still flows down. It's telling us that when things are looking the darkest in life that they could possibly look, that there is still that flame, the light of God, somewhere out there in the darkness. Somebody is holding that torch. Now, I've been called a lot of things through my writings and, and through talking to people and through my podcast because I don't pull any punches. And where what I say may seem hateful and bigoted and whatever other words that you want to use, I have no choice but to preach the truth, and the truth is what's in Scripture. Paul said that if even an angel come and preach any other gospel than what we have taught you, let him be cursed. In other words, there's only one gospel. And Paul identified that gospel. Christ and him crucified. There is nothing else. There's not another way that you're going to get me to, to meet God face to face and go into heaven. Now, everybody's going to meet him face to face at some point. It's called the judgment. And for you weak-kneed liberal Christians to say there's not going to be a judgment, that, you know, God made you the way that you are. No, he didn't. The devil made a lot of people the way that they are. There's this concept that's called total depravity. And while it has a negative connotation in a very hateful sense, the simple reality is this. When Adam fell from grace... And brought sin into the world. We're all inherent with sin. From the time of our conception. That's why we're sinners. That's why we need saved. That's why we need the grace and the mercy of God. Through Christ's blood on that cross. And his death and resurrection. And if you want to call me hateful for saying so. Well then you call me hateful. I have gotten to the point, I was a journalist for over 30 years, so getting hate mail and a few death threats here and there have never bothered me. It just comes with the territory. And 
So, while it does not bother me, it actually strengthens my resolve. Because Christ said in Matthew, they will hate you for because they hate me. It's not you that they hate, it's the, it's the message that you preach, which is the need of repentance, the need of the cross, the need of Christ, the need of the blood, the need of the resurrection to save your eternal soul. And I'm not going to change my message for anybody. I don't care if you call me hateful, you call me bigoted. Life is just what it is. Muhammad's not going to get you to heaven. Buddha's not going to get you to heaven. You going out and without Christ in your heart, but you give to the homeless and help them, and you know you work the food banks and you visit the sick. Unless you got Jesus Christ as your personal savior, none of that means anything. Yes, it's nice to do good for people. But here's an interesting thing that it tells us in the Psalms. It says, no man is good, not one. We are all happy, depraved, happy because of inherent sin. That's the concept of total depravity. We're not good. It said so in the Psalms. Christ requoted it. There is none good but one. And that's God. There's only been one person ever walked this planet that never sinned. That was Christ. God in the flesh. And he's not going to change the rules of morality and what makes the universe do what it is supposed to do. Because somebody thinks that they were born to the wrong gender and go to the wrong bathroom until a certain point in time. That's the devil's concept in the head. That's a psychological issue. That's not reality. I think I I find it interesting that those who are yelling climate change, climate change, tell you, well, you look at the science, you look at the science, but when it comes to gender issues, all the science doesn't matter. It's how you feel. Well, guess what? How you feel doesn't matter because God's got everything set in stone. The rules have never changed. Morality has never changed because God never changes. And they already forewarned us that it was going to come to a point in time where everything evil was going to be called good and everything good was going to be called evil. And we're now at that point. So, people who listen to this, people who read my writings, people who I talk to, people who see my posts on social media and, and see my comments on social media, hit me all you want to. It doesn't bother me. Do you want to threaten me? Threaten me. That doesn't bother me either. I've already made my peace with God. Now, do I want to die? Not anytime soon. I just had a new grandbaby. And I'm still raising children of my own. And I would like to see them all grow up. Dying, I don't want to do. Death itself does not bother me. Because all that's going to do is punch my ticket home. This ain't my home. Like the old song says, I'm just a wayfaring stranger. I'm passing through this world.
trying to bring as many to the kingdom as I can. And yes, I make mistakes. I'm human. And every Christian, if he was truthful, is going to tell you flat out he makes mistakes and he does sin and then he repents. Scripture tells us, if you say that you have no sin, then you are a liar and God is not in you. We sin because we're still in a human body, which means we are still susceptible to human nature. And every day that we get up and every decision we make has to be determined. Either we're going to follow God or we're not going to follow God. And yes, we make mistakes. I still have a bit of a temper, which causes some issues from time to time. But when I catch myself, first thing I do is ask God for forgiveness, and then I go generally and deal with that person somehow. And get that resolved. And I've eaten a lot of crow in my time. Now, for those of you not my generation or not my neck of the woods, eating crow just means you made a mistake and you own up, need to own up to it. And I've made a lot. And I'm probably going to make a lot until the day I pass out of this world. The one thing that I am not going to do is I'm not going to deny Christ. I'm not going to deny He is the only way to get to heaven. I'm not going to deny He is the only way that you get saved and the only way that you meet God because that's just the truth. Now the Quran talks about Jesus, but it's a different Jesus. It's not the real Jesus. The real Jesus is found in Holy Scripture. And it's not the Jesus of the, of the Mormons. Because at the end of Revelation, they said, you're not going to add anything to this. You're not going to take anything away from this. Well, they added an entire new book. Joseph Smith messed up. This ain't the I Paul of the Jesus. It's not the Jesus of of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Because I got him wrong too. He was more than just a man walking this earth. He was God in the flesh. John tells us that in his first chapter in the first 14 verses. So to look out on social media and you look past all of the dark stuff and you can find these little nuggets of righteousness of God. And Christians are just, true Christians are just getting to the point they're not taking it anymore. They're calling out false churches. They're calling out false prophets and false preachers and false Christians. And they're marching boldly and that's what I intend to do. Through my writing, through my podcasts, through my social media accounts. You know, if I'm behind the pulpit, my message is never going to change. If you ain't living right, or you're not sure that you're going to heaven, or you haven't committed your life to Christ, you need to hit your knees. And you don't need an altar call to do that. Do that in your bedroom. I got saved in a jail cell. Doesn't matter where you're at. When you hit your knees and you scream out to God, help me, save me, I'm yours. That's what it takes. And then you have to live accordingly. The preacher that uh, in my daughter's church, she said most Christians are either up to their ankles or up to their knees. But this is the day and age where we go all in. You give it all to him. Yes, you're going to screw up. That's a given. 
You're not going to be a perfect Christian. There is no perfect Christian. Peter had a temper. I mean, and he was one of the great apostles. So we still screw up. But the ultimate screw up is not taking Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and giving him your all and being covered by the blood from the cross. So when I see these social media posts, or I go visit a church and I see how the Spirit of the Almighty is moving in that church, even against all of my assumptions, and I'll be perfectly honest, when I walked into that church, I assumed one thing and I got proven wrong. They are preaching the true word of God. They were preaching the true gospel. And because of that, the Holy Spirit moved in that church and saved and baptized a whole lot of folk. So if you listen to this and you're a wishy-washy Christian, go on in. Repent your screw-ups every day when you make them and tell God, I'm here, use me. If you haven't made that decision, whether you're following another God or another prophet, hit your knees and say, Jesus, I rebuke all of that. I repent from all of that. I'm yours. Use me. Save me. Help me. You're not going to regret it. Life is going to get hard because when the devil ain't got you, he ain't got to fight for you. So any Christian has got an easy life and everything's going perfect for them, they're not saved. Because Christ said you're going to have troubles and tribulations and they're going to offer you up to the government. They're liable to even kill you for my name's sake. But if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll get life. So if anybody hears this podcast... And you haven't made that decision, or you've fallen away from that decision. Hit your knees, scream out to God, save me. Sanctify me. Cover me with your blood. I repent. Use me in your service. Now is the time, because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You might die in your sleep. You might die when you walk out your door. And then their chance is gone. There's also going to come a time when Scripture says that God will leave man to his reprobate mind, meaning your mind will be so corrupted that you won't even think of screaming out to Jesus. And don't think that you've got time. You young people, teens, 20s, don't think I got my life a whole head of me because you don't. I've seen a lot of teens and 20-year-olds buried. You're not guaranteed the next five minutes of your life. Now is the time to hit your knees and pray. Just my thoughts on the day. This is Centerport. Thank you for pulling up a chair, having a cup of coffee. But please, for your soul's sake, give your life to Christ. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you again probably tomorrow. God loves you and so do I.